Hey, everyone. Today, we are continuing our series on disordered eating. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to be a good role model for our kids regarding body image. It turns out that one of the biggest indicators about how kids feel about their own bodies is how the adults around them feel and talk about theirs. And so we're going to give you some strategies and tips on how to demonstrate a healthy body image so you can best help your kids. If you like this podcast or feel like you're learning a lot, feel free to subscribe and share. And we hope you all have a great day. Welcome to Podcast Therapist, presented by Virginia Family Therapy. I'm Sarah. I'm Caroline. And I'm Amanda. As three family therapists, we know how hard it is to feel like you're being the parent you want to be while juggling everyone's needs. We specialize in helping families just like you during the long days of multitasking and constant searching for the bar of success. Our podcast mixes expertise, real life advice, and embarrassing stories. Whose embarrassing story? <laughs> Yours. <laughs> Let's walk through this together. Welcome to Podcast Therapists, brought to you by Virginia Family Therapy and <laughs> my friends, Amanda and Caroline. Hi, guys. Hi. Guys, every time Sarah does that, I'm like, does Sarah remember that she has to start the podcast? I know. I don't. I actually forget for a second. Then when you guys just are staring at me and no one's talking, I'm like, oh, shit. Right. I got to start. <laughs> when we're just sitting here silently. Mm -hmm. I can see it happening in Sarah's brain. Like, oh, yeah, this is my line. I know. I'm like looking at stuff. I'm like, why is nobody talking? And then I'm like, oh, right. It's my turn. I always am just trying not to do my awkward laughter. Laugh. I know we have a podcast and I'm like, focus on the topic, focus on the topic. Cause otherwise we'll chat and guys, here's the topic. I like since we're here. So we are in the middle of our series on eating disorders and disordered eating for kids. And there's a lot, a lot of information and this is our second episode. And so this episode is going to be specifically for how do we be good role models for our children regarding body image. And the reason this is important is because one of the main things that helps kids figure out what their idea of body image is, is the way that adults talk about it. So we as adults in kids' lives have to be super on point in the way that we talk about body image in ourselves, right? Absolutely. Yeah. This is a tough one though, because I mean, there are three of us that were born all at different times and we all have been impacted by fairly negatively, I would assume, by body image and the expectation for women, right? Oh, I think you, Sarah, in particular, have really illuminated to me this idea that essentially women for generations have had disordered eating and disordered body images. And, and that has just trickled down farther and farther. But if we think about the way our parents talk about body image, like it can be pretty pathological. Yeah. And I think it's totally unconscious, right? Like I think previous generations have not even known what messaging they're sending around bodies. Like, I don't know that there was a lot of examining going on around that. And I think it started more with women, but I think now we're seeing it in like all kids of all genders. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think what's crazy too, is that like, because we are affected by this so early on, right? Because we start getting messages around bodies and body image so early on, it's something 
that can be like difficult for people to manage their entire lives, right? Like this isn't necessarily something that we grow out of. And so I think we have to like really work to shift the messaging for kids at a younger age so that they are growing up with a model of what it's like to have a healthy or positive body image because once once it's really unhealthy it's just a harder shift and again this is difficult for us our generations because we were not raised this way so we're having to alter our own blueprint to teach our kids this we don't have a lot to lean back into because we don't have these experiences as kids or young adults or even old adults in my case where we have lots of healthy influence around body image so we are having to retool the way we're doing this as parents and that's that takes a lot of thought and a lot of effort that's difficult but the hope is that we're going to raise kids then that will be even teaching us and 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 modeling good behavior for us as they get older because we have accomplished that and and you're right eating disorders and disordered eating and just thoughts about body are not one gender. They're they're really, I mean, everybody, anybody at this point. And that says a lot too. That says a lot to how kind of toxic our diet culture has gotten or our, just our culture on bodies. But I also think it's really confusing as a 41-year-old woman raising children is, is five years ago, I feel like there was so much attention to like help your kids eat healthy because there's an obesity epidemic in America. Right. So I feel like there was so much attention to helping our kids eat healthy. And now it seems to be swinging the opposite way. And it's just so confusing for me as a parent about how to talk to my kids about it. So I think we so hard. It's so hard. And so let's just put it out there that like, we're all going to step in it. Like we're all going to mess this up all the time. I think the point of the podcast is like starting to create awareness around how you're talking about it and giving a guide for like ways to talk about it and knowing because of the culture that we live in, like we're just going to make mistakes and that's okay. Yes. And Amanda and I are going to share our mistakes because we have made them often and and we're trying to correct them. And I will say... This is this is a podcast about body image, not food. We're going to have an entirely right. separate conversation about how do we talk to our kids about food. This is simply body image. So know that we're focusing on that. So I think the very first, you know, tenant that we're going to give you is as a role model, it's really important for you to think about what your values are as a parent and to reflect those values in how you talk to your kids. So for me, I want to value who my kids are, their kindness, their honesty, their work ethic, all of those things. And I need to be talking about those before I talk about appearance and making sure that I'm talking about those over and above children's appearance. So I also really, really think that's awesome. I also love to talk about feelings. So I like to say things like, wow, you seem really happy today. You are seem really joyful, you know, things like mm-hmm. that too. So again, it's not appearance necessarily, but it's a feeling. And so you're doing a couple of things. You're also introducing your value system, which is great because you're speaking to those and introducing how to use feeling language, which is really helpful as kids get older. 
Yeah. And so I think we can think about this with what kind of compliments we give our kids Mm -hmm. and how we talk to our friends. Like, I think it's so second nature to like walk up to someone you haven't seen in a long time and be like, oh my gosh, you look great. (laughs) Or it's always great when your friend is like, you look tired. And you're like, oh, (laughs) thank you. That's also lovely. (laughs) Right. But like, showing our kids like, oh my gosh, I got to see so-and-so and they were so kind and they asked about you and how you're doing. And I told them that you're working so hard at school, right? Like all of that is modeling. Right. It really is too. What's getting the airtime in your household? So are we talking to our kids? Are we talking out loud about how people look? Are we talking to our kids about who they are as people? I even think as I'm talking about this, I'm willing to bet I talk a ton more about working out than I do about integrity and honesty. And now that's because like my hobby is working out, but I think I need to be a little bit more thoughtful about that as I'm as I'm saying this. But I think that you can talk about working out. It's how you talk about it, right? If you're like, I feel like I can be more patient and more kind as a mom if I go Peloton and I'm going to take this time for myself, that is a very different message than talking about like, if I Peloton more then my body looks different. I mean, I think I've always talked about feeling strong, having a strong body and being a strong woman and like physical strength to be able to do things and accomplish things that I want to accomplish. And I think that's an important message that goes with working out, you you know, it's not so much like, oh, I'm working on a six pack. I'm working on just feeling strong or, you know, I went for a walk because it made me feel better. You know, those kinds of things. I think the emphasis has to be on like what our bodies can do, not what they look like. Mm -hmm. And working towards a goal, right? So Mm -hmm. for me, I talk about swimming a lot, or I talk about playing volleyball a lot because I do have a goal of hitting a certain time or, I do. I do have a goal of hitting a certain time. And so part of it is working towards achieving something and the work ethic that gets you there, not necessarily how I look in a bathing suit, which I don't care about at the age of 41, really. (laughs) When my daughter was little, all her friends were gymnasts. All her little group of friends were gymnasts. And they were all about five or six inches shorter, really small, kind of more petite builds than my kid. And she was struggling and she was like eight. And she just, she couldn't do some of the things that they could do. I'm not sure she can still do a cartwheel. I don't think she can do a cartwheel still. She's like 17, but she just had grown faster. She was taller and just a more athletic build. So I then took her to a woman's lacrosse games. She did not play lacrosse yet, by the way. And I said, you know, we were standing near the, near the team. And I said, you know, look at those girls' bodies. They're strong and they're fast and they're athletic and they're so good at what they do. And she was like, yeah, they're great. And I was like, do they look like skinny and little, like you keep talking about or whatever? And she's like, no, they're powerful. And I was like, right. Different bodies do different things. And, and it's really okay to have a strong body. You don't have to have, you know, a body that matches everybody else's to do what you want to do. And I think it's hard when kids kind of, you know, start comparing and they compare pretty early, much earlier than we realize, you know, I don't look like so-and-so. And so we talked a lot about you get things from your parents, you inherit things from your parents. And that's why, you know, you may not have blonde hair, or you may not have blue eyes, or you do have brown eyes, or you do, you know, or you're tall or whatever it is. 
but kind of just normalized difference, right? Just normalized different things that you can do and accomplish with what you have too, rather than wishing you for something else all the time. And I think that's a great actual segue, Sarah. By accident. Our next one, which is appreciating body diversity, which is what you just talked about, right? Bodies look all sorts of different ways, blonde hair, red hair, um, (laughs) dark hair, shoulders, right? Like, like six pack abs, you know, bodies just look a million different ways and it's all okay. And I think if we can talk about bodies being different at different times, we're also preparing kids for puberty because like they are going to grow and grow up at different rates in different ways, right? Like some kids are going to be six inches taller than their friends all of a sudden, right? And so letting them know that like, hey, I get it might feel weird that you are a head taller than all your friends. And all bodies are different, right? Some of your friends may grow taller too. Some of them Mm -hmm. might not, right? But like who you are in terms of being a friend, doesn't have to be defined by how tall you are. Going back to the values. I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, words, right? Language. I know my daughter happened to be really tall, pretty young, and everybody said that she was big and she hated that. And because what she was hearing was, you stand out, you're not like everybody else. You know, she even equated it to being fat, which she wasn't. She was just tall. And everybody else, by the way, has probably passed her by now, but she just happened to hit it first or early. And um, and so be kind of mindful about the language we use with our kids around that and how they're interpreting and ask how they interpret. You know, talk to your kids about it. Kind of say when someone says, Oh, wow, you're so tall, do you like it or do you not like it? Like, how does that make you feel? And I think a lot of a lot of kids have feelings about that, but we don't actually ask them what they are and we don't really help them kind of manage them. One thing I also say to kids, cause I think that makes sense, Sarah, is if there is any sort of like shame or embarrassment or, or negative association that kids are giving a body that is not necessarily thin, right. Is I, I really like to let kids know that different bodies are really important. So I have, I see a ton of athletes and a lot of them will compare themselves to, to really skinny, naturally skinny, like tall and lean people. And that's just not good for their sport. Right. So one of the things we really talk about is like, yeah, your body is different and it's doing really important things, right? Mm -hmm. Like those leg muscles that you have developed to, to run so fast, or, you know, those shoulder muscles that you've developed to swim faster than anybody else. That's important. And because I think in society, we've been told that being thin is really important and knowing there's importance in other things that kids are doing is helpful. But I think because of our culture, we have like the culture is biased towards thin bodies, right? So we have to work to model not embodying that bias. I saw a post on Instagram the other day and it was by like a fitness person talking about having a round belly and how for a long time she had felt ashamed that she didn't have a flat stomach, but now she can like really own and enjoy and in love that that is the way that her body is. She put something at the bottom of the post that was like, flat bellies are okay too, but our society already validates that. Right. So this is for what our society is not validating. And I was like, wow, this is just a really good post on like, normalizing 
my body is not that way. Your body doesn't have to be that way. And hey, if your body is that way, that's fine. But you're already hearing that your body can be that way. Does that make sense? Totally. Guys, I had this crazy situation. It's not crazy, but you know, I was swimming competitively two years ago and it, and, and I was successful in that endeavor. And at one point, my swim coach watched me in the water and he looked at me and he said, don't lose any weight. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And he was essentially like, you're the perfect amount of buoyancy the way you are right now. And it was this crazy thing because every swim coach my whole life has told me to lose weight. And, and I didn't realize that any extra fat that I had on my body was actually helping me because it was making me more buoyant. And it was the most freeing. I cried. I'm not lying to you. I cried because there's never been a swim coach who's thinking about my performance, who said my weight was okay. And that's, you know, 30 years of swim coaches being like, you should lose some weight. You'd probably swim faster. It was so beautiful. You all. And I, I tell you that story because I want you to tell your kids that story. Cause I've told so many clients that story and it has freed them up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's important. Again, I think that as parents, we don't realize where the messaging can come from sometimes, but of course, like they can hear it from other kids. They can hear it from teachers, from coaches, from you know, lots of circumstances that you know we might think we're doing a great job at home, and yet that we haven't always talked about what other influences may creep up outside of our homes. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing to kind of be aware of and and teach kids about with just boundaries around kind of this toxic culture that that we are in around body you know bodies and and critical kind of statements about bodies all the time. And I think remembering that like kids are going to be curious about bodies. Right? Like curious about their body, curious about your body, curious about like what's the difference between my body and a different body, like this curiosity around body diversity is normal, right? And we get to like, decide how we want to talk to kids about different kinds of bodies, because there are going to be questions, right? Or there are going to be like wonderings, or there are going to be stories from something that happened at school. And that curiosity is so normal, like kids are curious about all sorts of things. And it's just knowing that we have an opportunity, like in our own homes, to try to like take them out of the culture and be like, Hey, this is our message to you about different bodies. And an example of that, Caroline, and I remember this so clearly, it was one of my hardest parenting moments. It was with my first son. He was like three and we were at a party and there was a, a, probably a five-year-old with down syndrome there. And he said to me kind of, four times out loud, like, look at that, look at that girl. Her eyes are different. Her eyes are different, mom. And it was the first time in my life that I've been like, I have no clue what to say. And I know every single parent has this moment where their kid says something embarrassing about the way someone else looks. And, and not that this was embarrassing that he was saying that I just didn't have a response. I didn't know what to say. So I did this kind of like awkward moment ever since then I've said, yeah, people look all different ways and bodies are all different ways and they're beautiful. And we're so thankful for that. I wish I would have been able to say that in the moment because I'm sure that mom experienced so many different 
other moms not knowing what to say in that moment. But that's my kind of response that I give all the time now, which is bodies look really different and they're all beautiful. And we're so lucky to live in a world with so many different types of bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think little kids are so naturally curious and they're so used to being able to ask you whatever they want to in that moment. And usually we respond with, you know, a lot of openness and validation. And so when your kid, you know, when you're in the grocery store and your kid's like standing next to this older gentleman, which is, was my experience. And all of a sudden she looked at him and just was like, Hey, where's your leg? <laughs> Cause he obviously had lost a leg at some point. And I was like, huh. And um, you know, what was kind of sweet is he kind of embraced that he laughed and embraced it really quickly. I didn't, I mean, I felt uncomfortable, but I think I felt uncomfortable for him. And for me, I was busy doing all the feelings for the wrong situation. And really, I mean, what was really validating is he kind of stepped right in and he was like, I'm so glad you asked me that. And they had this lovely conversation and that really modeled for me kind of as a parent, like, oh, she was just curious. She wasn't trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Mm -hmm. She, you know, always said things out loud. It never failed. Like if there was anything, she just was very observant, which was lovely. (laughs) Also loud and observant combined. So, I mean, I was in lots of those circumstances, Amanda. And I think, again, like, if you do respond in a way that doesn't normalize or doesn't value their curiosity, then you can easily shame or make something really awkward. But what I did do with her, because it was such a routine experience, I was like, Hey, if you have a question about someone's body, it'd be great to ask mommy first, (laughs) you know, like, you know, just me and like, turn to me and say, you know, Hey, what, what about that? person's leg? Can I ask that person about their leg or whatever? Just get permission first kind of thing. Um, And we talked a lot about just wanting to value other people's feelings in that moment. That's what I was teaching. But yeah, there were a lot, I have lots and lots of examples of lovely things that said out loud. And all those moments allow us to embrace this idea of appreciating body diversity. And that's the piece that we can, that curiosity allows, gives us the door to start at a young age with our children. And instead of being embarrassed, we can just think of it as an opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) One one that you have to breathe very deeply in, but be ready. I mean, if you have little kids, that's going to happen. I can't wait for parenthood. (laughs) I think I might coach your kids, Caroline. Great. I want to, I want to set, set up some really good testing examples for you specifically. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last tenet we have for how do we be a good role model for body images is really the way we talk about our own bodies in our own home. I know (laughs) this is the hardest one. I think it is hard because I mean, y'all, this is probably when I think about it, this is what I don't do in front of my kids because they're boys. I bet if I had a girl, actually, I don't know if I would, I really don't know if I would, but you know, what I want to do is put something on and be like, do I look fat in this? Like, that's like what I want to say. I don't think I will, but I know that I have spent many of my teenage and twenties asking that of people. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, and so, yeah, it's just so I feel like it's just part of what I was raised to say every time I put some clothing yes. on was like, you know, <laughs> do I, <laughs> you know, does this make my ass look big? Like whatever. Right. Like, do I look too fat for that? Like what it just was the way I was programmed. And so now, like when we when I had a daughter, I was like really aware of like never saying 
and you're trying really hard not to say those things. I shouldn't say never. I tried really hard. We tried as a family not to say those things in front of her. But you learn to say things like, what do you think about this outfit? Or is this a good color for me? Well, and I think like we're so quick to criticize our own bodies and say things about our own bodies that we would never say about anyone else's body. Right. But even if that's the case, what we're showing kids is like, oh, I can be really hard on my own body, even if I value all this body diversity. Right. So I think that's where we really have to try to check ourselves. Right. To be like, yeah, I don't know if I like this outfit. Right. I don't know if I feel good in this outfit. I don't know if I feel confident wearing this to work today. Right. Just because you know, not feeling it. Right. But I think it's a lot easier to jump to like, something's wrong with my body versus, oh, maybe this top just doesn't fit me. Guys, this is why Caroline is, is 30. Even the way you said (laughs) that, I'm like, wow, (laughs) like mind (laughs) blown. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's just such a difference in the way you're right. Like I would be like, do I look fat in this? Or like, what's wrong with my body in this outfit? Yeah. Instead of just like these pants happen to be a size too small. And I just bought them the wrong size. Or they're not the right cut. Yeah. Or just like, hey, we just spent however many minutes talking about body diversity. And maybe this brand is not cut to fit my body. Mm-hmm. And that is frustrating and it's disappointing because like, yeah, I really would like to wear that pair of jeans, but like they don't button. So it's not going to work for me. (laughs) And that's just a matter of like the clothing, not my body. Yeah. So what we're saying is like, do teach all these things, do all these positive things, but don't create the loophole in your own household where, where you're the exception because they will also interpret that they are the exception. Mm-hmm. And I even think like, since we're here and we're talking about how we talk about our own bodies, but even in this moment, right, we're, we're recording this on December 27th or something. And we've just had a full month of partying for Christmas. I'm willing to bet most people don't feel great in their bodies right now. And I think there's a piece of like, that is totally okay. And fine. Like if these pants don't, aren't fitting the way they used to, guess what? I just had such great family time and I'm thankful for that family time. And I don't have to beat myself up about that. Yeah. And like what made you happy this holiday season was spending time celebrating with your friends and family that you love, right? Like what made some of the joy of December is like baking cookies or like, you know, doing things to an extent that we wouldn't necessarily do them during the rest of the year. And like, it also doesn't mean you now have to compensate. Right. Like, yes, I can just know that my body is going to like return to its homeostasis when I like get back into more of my routine and I don't have to panic right now. And I don't have to talk about that. I ate too many cookies or that I drank too much eggnog. I can be like, wow. And you know what you could say? Like if I have been eating a lot of Christmas cookies, sometimes if I had a kid, I could say, Ooh, I think mommy ate an extra cookie. My stomach hurts, right? Like, I don't know that I listened to my belly telling me it was full, right? Like that's really different messaging than being like, now I, now the holidays are over and I'm going to lose weight. And that's about the values, right? Like I do value 
holiday time and family time over what my body looks like in December. And that's a conscious choice. That's me being intentional. I really want to be all in and have a ball with my family and not worry about other other things. That will come if I want it to. But it's weird. Like part of the reason I don't feel great in my body right now is because I had such an okay time or such a fun time. And we have to be okay with that. And then just not beat ourselves up out loud in front of our kids because that's not going to help them at all. Well, even I was walking with my daughter yesterday and we were talking about working out or something. Just she's an athlete. So she was talking about her own workout schedule or something. And she goes, it's going to be January 1st soon and everybody will join a gym. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And I was like, ah. Oh. So, I mean, even just that whole idea of beginning of January is when everyone gets fit or loses weight or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And as someone who doesn't love the winter, I'm like, hey, right? Like when it's dark and cold in January, if you want to set a goal for yourself, because that's, that's healthy for you. Great. But like, yeah, it doesn't have to be January 1st, right? If you listen to this podcast in March and realize, oh, I want to reevaluate how I'm talking about my body in front of my kids. Like you can do it then. Right. Right. Like, and you also don't have to feel guilty if you're like me and you hate winter. And so your schedule looks different, whatever. It's fine. We put so much pressure on how we, yeah. I'm like thinking about how we talk about babies and bouncing back. And it's like, Whoa, can we not, can we just appreciate that? Like you're trying to survive and take care of your kids with a newborn. And like, let's just focus on that. And in that, I think that we have to be really thoughtful about what we say about other people's bodies in front of our kids. So not only is it how we talk about our bodies, but even after after the holidays, you know, it's really easy to get in the car after seeing a relative and talk about how they looked. That is for sure something that happens. The toxic mm-hmm. debriefing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And guys, and I'm even thinking about this. And I think because I live with all males, I don't know if this is a thing, but it actually doesn't really happen in my family because it's all males. I, I don't know. We should just be thoughtful about that if if males engage in this like insane talking about other people's bodies. I think guys are, this is a stereotype, obviously they're like less verbal than women are. Right. Like I feel like girls get together and like talk and guys get together and do something. Yes. (laughs) So I don't know if that has to do with it. Right. I'm like thinking about my sisters and I, and I'm like, there are definitely things that we talk about that. I think if we were three brothers, we would never talk about. And I, so I think really, if you are living in a house with other women and even boys, y'all is really being thoughtful when you get in the car after seeing someone to not talk about what they look like and not talk about what they were wearing or if they've lost or gained weight. Cause I I feel like that's a pretty common thing. Like so-and-so looks like they've lost five pounds. They look so good. Right. I just think that like the toxic debrief is really teaching our kids what to value because you're really only having that toxic debrief. If you think you look good or your kids look good too. And model it for other people, especially if you have young kids or even teens or whatever, when people are like, your daughter's so pretty or your son's so handsome or whatever, you know, a lot of times my response is, you know, my daughter's such a great kid. I mean, 
it would be really weird for me to go, yeah, I know my daughter's out. Like that is weird. But I'm just saying like, again, just kind of re, you know, modeling positive, healthy, again, value statements and statements about, you know, feelings. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, how lucky are you to have a happy kid versus a skinny kid? Truthfully, we want our kids to be happy and healthy and, and confident. And none of those things are about bodies. But that's if you ask most parents, that's what they value. So those are the things to really start talking about more and more. And maybe like the debrief, right, would really be like bringing it back to your family values, right? So like, hey, I noticed Aunt So-and-so made a comment, you know, if it's something that's not appropriate for how you feel, like process that as a family of like, hey, are you, you know, she said this, do you feel okay? Do not, you know. Was that okay for you? I don't know if that's right, but bringing it back to like what we care about. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. One of the things I feel like we did try to do with my daughter when she was young is, you know, when people make comments about your body, that says more about them than you. Well, I, cause I like, I like exactly what you're saying, Sarah. And the way we were framing it when we talked about it earlier is really teaching kids how to filter out the toxic mm-hmm. body culture. Because when they go someplace and someone says to them like, oh my gosh, you look so skinny. You're mm-hmm. right. That is teaching about that other person and not necessarily about you. So we have to teach kids how to kind of recognize the toxic body culture and also really learn how to filter it out because it's, it is kind of everywhere, you know? And I think we can acknowledge that like, if someone says something to you about your body, that's unkind, like that is hurtful. Right. And that, like, if we say something unkind about someone else's body, that's hurtful. Right. And so, acknowledging that, like, we can't just, I mean, when little kids are little, they're just very curious. But as they get older, right, like, hey, it's not okay to just comment on someone else's body. Yeah. And actually, Caroline, you just did a little recon at your sister's house with some books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I found some really interesting childhood books that were read to us as a kid. They're like cartoons, they're animals, but one is about a mom. And I think her name is actually like Mrs. Fat or something, but she decides that she's going to go on a diet and like throws away all of the food in their house. And then the whole family starts eating like only vegetables. And then she's happy is basically guys. And this is the message of a children's book. That's just dangerous. It's sad. It's sad. And it also, but it reflects just what you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, the values that we have been raised with, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think it's so it's, they're so ingrained in us, I had never thought about until recently this idea that if I put clothes on, I would say like, do I look fat in this? Even though I probably did it for 10 years without even thinking about it. And now we're learning to shift out of that. But that's where we're coming from is children's books with the name of Mrs. Fat. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys, maybe we should start writing children's books. <laughs> oh, I'll a- illustrate them with my... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Massive amount of creativity. <laughs> Guys, I made a wreath at charcuterie over Christmas and it's the most creative thing I've done in 10 years. It's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. 
I was like, wow, really tapping into my creative side, which then, of course, turned really type A. And I was like, it's not symmetrical. (laughs) (laughs) My creative side came through with Christmas where I actually put a bow, some bows on some presents. Oh, that sounds good. Nice. That is nice. Yeah, that was nice. But, you know, not terribly creative, truthfully. Again, I think this is like, this is one of those topics that doesn't have finite answer. It has just, it's kind of more of a a movement that we need to make as families to just be more aware and, and more kind of make more effort around some of these little things and these, and these little things that we do or say really do help in the long run with keeping our kids healthier or about their bodies, about body image, but also about their relationship to food and, and, how they, and just relationship to feelings and emotions that are tied to confidence about themselves. There's no like one answer. It's just kind of like a gentle movement. This direction is what we're hoping to help with. And a gentle movement means that I've made all these mistakes a million times and it's okay. Right. And I think that even, especially when we get to the, another podcast around how we talk about food, that one I make a million mistakes in. And and I think it's just constantly reassessing where we are and and trying to gently move into another direction to raise a generation of people that will have more deep insights like Caroline, where she's like (laughs) blowing my mind. Where she doesn't listen to the books about Mrs. Fat. Yeah. Or is like, it's wrong with the brand, not your body. I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, y'all, for more deep thoughts, stay tuned. Um, Give this podcast a share if you were interested in it. And you can learn more about us at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Good luck with this. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Bye, guys. (laughs) 